You guys, happy Monday. I am over here freezing my patootie off, and someone is island style living the vida loca. It's gorgeous. I'm going to show you my view from the hotel room. Guys, look at that. Look at that. And you're in Fiji, right? Yes. I'm in Fiji on Nandi Island, and everything has been perfect, gorgeous. Everything smells good, tastes good. The men are gorgeous, you know, for a little extra, like oh, extra treat. Oh, God. <laughs> April's going to come back with a 90-day fiance. Thought about it. Thought about it. It's still an option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Going to get all the other stuff out of the way bottom of the screen you can see where you can support the show uh everywhere at linda so girly as well as super chats super stickers are available uh don't forget to like and subscribe you guys we're here and that's what it's all about uh my channel as well as we're live streaming on april's channel holloway legal so go ahead and give that a like and subscribe as well shout out to the live chat renee stevie rebecca you guys i know you know I've been doing so many things. I don't think there's enough hours in the day right now for me. So the day just flies by. So then I did the link and I put the time wrong. So some of you guys might have thought it was going to be in an hour and a half from now. And then I was like, hey, what's going on? And just a mess. But here we are. We're good. So thank you guys so much for being here and for dealing with my nonsense. <laughs> uh, we're covering 90 Day Fiance the other way. Season four, episode nine, a beautiful thing. And it was a beautiful thing indeed. I really feel like this was one of the better episodes I've seen in quite some time. Um, and I know that because it brought me to tears. And normally, you know me, I'm cussing people out. I'm SMHing all over the place. I'm looking at my TV side eye, all the things, yelling at the TV. Go home, my love. I still feel that way. But overall, it was a great episode. What did you think, April? So I really liked this episode, like you said. However, there was one phrase that super stood out to me. In my heart, I don't like. Oh, are you going to wait and tell us or? I'll wait. I'll okay. wait. It's about Nicole and Mahmoud. That's, that stood out to me so much, that one comment. Natatat said you're not allowed to bring any live souvenirs back. Natatat is a regular here and she knows what I say. Vacay base stays on vacay. So you don't want me to live my best life, Nat? Go ahead and live your best life. But live your best life and keep your best life living right there and come on back to reality. <laughs> uh, let's get started. So uh, we're going to start with Danielle and Johan. Uh, overall thoughts of their segment. I thought that she approached it the right way in the conversation, and I was disappointed in his reaction. What do you think? I thought that, what did I think? I have questions. I have questions because I, I think that when you're dating versus when you're married, I think it's different. Um, but I do think that if someone's in your life, you can't just cut them off if they're truly indeed a friend. But, um, I feel like her, I don't know, Danielle, 
you acted like he wasn't your boyfriend, but really he was living with you. So he was your living boyfriend. So you didn't tell your husband that your living boyfriend was in town. So I don't know. I don't know. I had I had some thoughts. So we'll talk about it and we'll okay. ask the live chat and we'll see what the live chat has to say. All right. So uh, it's Danielle's first full night uh, back in, or not back. Well, she is back in the Dominican Republic, but living in the Dominican Republic. And uh, the full, first thing she pulls out of her suitcase is her license plates from her car that she forgot to turn in. Um, a lot of people had a lot to say about that, you guys. And I know that you guys all messaged me and I've heard the things. And yes, I know about the easy pass and all the things. And that's what, I mean, I, we don't know. She could have possibly just forgotten. But all these conspiracy theories out there, I, I've heard them. I don't know. But she went on international TV saying that she had her, her license plate. So if she was really trying to do anything shady, she wouldn't go on international TV and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. So let's all just settle down. Um, so she does like the apartment that Johan chose, you know, that she was looking and she didn't find one. So Johan found one on his own. So good on him for that. But she says like, you know what, they'll eventually have to move, uh, because they have to think about their finances and what they can afford. And she needs to have a home office and all the things. So in the meantime, she's going to go ahead and remove one of the beds of the room so she can build her office um um but it's fine to start their lives there she says so that's what they're gonna do and in the meantime she has as you guys know from um love and paradise uh she follows the ifa tradition and she wants johan to have a reading uh with her spiritual advisor baba and you know, she acknowledges the fact, well, she doesn't really acknowledge it, but she knows that, you know, this is her tradition. She knows that Johan is a strict Catholic born and raised. Um, so they both have very different upbringings, very different belief systems, all of that stuff. I did appreciate the fact that Johan was open to learning more about what she believes, right? Especially now that they're married. So between Baba and Jessica, who's her mentor, who introduced her to the Ifa uh, tradition, they get on a zoom type call and uh they all introduce each other to each other we find out that jessica speaks fluent spanish and baba's gonna do a ifa divination and so okay as you guys know i'm 100 a believer christian all the things and one of the things i think is interesting <sighs> from for how i grew up and what i know to be true for me is that when someone is speaking another language like especially when they're speaking in tongues or chanting like what language was he speaking was my first question and someone else is supposed to know how to interpret what he's saying to in truly be speaking in tongue from what i understand um what are your thoughts on that part april so uh discover plus Discovery Plus is not available here, so I had to watch it another way. And I didn't get the translations. Were they showing translations? No, there were no translations of what he was chanting. Okay. So, yeah, no clue. No clue what's happening there. Yeah. No so Danielle understands what's happening there. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone knew except for Baba. So, yeah. uh, 
he was using some type of chain and I guess he's going by whatever the knots in the chain were. I would have loved to learn a little bit more about what that was about and, and, and like how that works. Um, so it all depends on how the chain falls to the ground is what the advice is given. The advice that is given, <laughs> I just, I don't, I mean, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what it was y'all. Well, I don't exactly like, it wasn't about the faith. It wasn't about the relationship. Here's what happens. Uh, Baba says that he knows that Johan came into the world with a crown on his head. So I'm assuming he's saying, you know, he's strong, he's royalty. He's like a manly man, all the things. Um, he wants Johan to remember that life can also be sweet, so he should occasionally taste sweet things. I don't know if he meant that literally or if he should look at life with more of a rose-colored glasses. Wasn't sure what that meant. Then all of a sudden he's like, careful with your throat. Um, you should be careful eating bones and mushrooms. Now, April... I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this because for me, it's... This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com just as spectacular and or ambiguous or, or as ridiculous as anything anybody else would say in any other religion. I don't agree with you. Tongues in the Christian church. I don't know what they're saying either. Yeah, but like I said, when someone else is speaking tongues, someone else is there to interpret it. That's the only way where it's, it's actually true and indeed that if someone has been given the gift of tongue, someone else has also been given the gift to interpret that. If someone is just randomly speaking in tongue and no one knows what they're saying except for them, then that's when you start questioning things. And my whole thing is, shouldn't we all be careful when we eat fish and the bones? Because like, wouldn't that affect all of our throats? Yes, but I mean, like I said, like there in almost every faith, there's a person who can see the future in some way or can divinate in some way. So I'm not going to question it. I don't question the other people. I'm just questioning because I'd like to understand. And I don't understand. I felt it was a bit random. Even Johan was like, the advice seems a bit weird. You know, he thinks that Baba is nice and all of those things. But he's like, how does this bring him closer to God? Which is, you know, what your spiritual advisor you would think would do. But I don't know if that is that the goal, though. I thought the goal was like to find a way to live a better life, not necessarily to bring you closer to a particular God. No. I mean. I could be very, very wrong, but I thought it was more like where whereas some religions focus on how to get to the afterlife, like heaven um or a place similar to heaven i thought this one focused more on like how to live a good life while you're here the ifa tradition yeah i don't know okay i honestly don't know i don't know either that's just what i had him mentally was thinking that it mm. was. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, but if, if, I mean, that might be the case. That might be the case. And so he's spiritually advising them to live a better life by being careful when they eat fish. I don't know, y'all. I'm trying to figure it out. If you all know, if you guys know something about it, I'm sure I could Google it. But if you all know, feel free to message April and I in the comments. Let us know in the live chat. <laughs> Uh, Rebecca said I was waiting for him to say no more peanuts. No more $200 peanuts for you. <laughs> yeah, careful with your throat on those peanuts, Johan. <laughs> uh, so Johan goes on to talk about that, you know, every person believes a different uh, religion, he says, a different faith. And he has one that he believes. He knows that Danielle has one that she believes. And he's not going to convert his whole childhood belief to an adult man in one day. I still think it's great that he's open to understanding and learning some more. Um, I think that, you know, we can all be open to learning because learning is learning and you can never learn too much. Um, but that's as far as it's going to go. Now, Danielle, I think may have thought in that moment that he was going to convert and live the type of life that she is leading. Um, and he kind of shut that down immediately. Um, and then all of a sudden there was like some type of flash and they need to pay their electricity. And apparently Johan knew from the day before, but didn't say anything. And they have this like little tete-a-tete where they're like, who's going to pay? She's mm -hmm. expecting him to pay and he's expecting her to pay and literally said, you're paying. Mm -hmm. And. I was like, okay, so what's happening with the business? Is that bringing in money yet? Um, you guys clearly have not had the conversations that I keep telling you guys that need to be had before you get in a serious relationship and absolutely before you get married. So how are y'all haven't talked about finances yet? Because how you met him is who he is, just FYI. So if you want things to change, you're gonna have to have the conversation. You need to talk about your finances, how you spend, how you save, what you think your two-year, five-year, 10-year plan and goals are financially. You need to talk about sex, how often you have it, how often you want it, what type of sex you enjoy versus what you don't enjoy. You need to talk about kids. Do you want kids? Do you not want kids? Do you think you might want kids in the future? You also have to talk about your faith and your religion, what you believe. Do you believe this or do you believe that? Do you believe nothing? Do you believe whatever it is? And then take that to the next step and be like, well, I also believe X. And therefore, if we have children, I want our children to believe X as well. Whatever the case may be, how can you not have those conversations? So that's how your lights get turned off because who... You think one person's paying and the other person thinks the other person's paying and no one's paying. Yeah, but I put this a little bit more on Johan because he could have at least said a few days ago, hey, the electricity bill's coming due. What's the plan for that? Like, how do you wait until the day that gets cut off? I mean, true. He's he's the local and he knew about it, so he should have said something. And even better, he should have just paid it. She just got there. She's not the, just the meal ticket, right? You guys are both living there. You're both going to be using the electricity. So just go ahead and pay it. Like, why are you expecting her to pay when she literally just got there? Okay. 
she is kind of the real ticket though, because she even said at the beginning, I don't know if it was Love in Paradise or 90 Day Fiance, that he doesn't even offer to pay and they do things together. He just right. wants to wallet out. Right, which we knew about, but she also knew about. You knew who she, he was when he presented himself and you knew his financial situation. Uh, Bobby says, oh, thanks, Bobby. Look at you two pretty ladies. 100% facts. Vanessa says, well, I don't know if anyone watched Pillow Talk for this episode, but it was questions. Um, and Natatat says, Linda, I remember you telling her about those four things she needs to discuss with her partner. Um, and that's that. So, Because Johan let this electricity go, Danielle feels like Johan is not taking the initiative to create the life he wants, which also is in line with how, what she believes and how she lives her life. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about that, April? What do you think about that line? Um, I was a little bit confusing to me because Johan seems to have a direction. Um, go to the U.S., get a job, take care of my family. And now he's having to make a new direction. So I'm not, if, if she was to say exactly what she expects him to do to create the life that he wants, I don't really know what he would say at this point. It seems like things are, are kind of up in the air for him. I feel like it's up in the air for both of them, really. I mean, she's, that she wants to live there in the Dominican Republic. But he hasn't said he agrees to stay. So his, his stuff is still like up in the air. So what permanent plans or direction is he supposed to be moving in right now? Agreed. Oh, Lord. Uh, Y'all in the live chat, I cannot right now. Um, <laughs> so they're going to have to figure that out. But in the meantime, um, she wants to go out for drinks and dancing because it's their one year anniversary of when they met in the Dominican Republic. So she wants to celebrate and they go. And one of the things that I found out from the official TLC uh, Twitter page is the fact that they were actually at a car wash and it's very common in the Dominican Republic to have drinks at the car wash. And so that's where they were having drinks. Um, and Danielle's like, you know what? We have a good life. We communicate, she says. We have an apartment. We've been together for a year. We're married now. And your wife is in the same country. Those are all things to celebrate. Um, and Johan's like, well, I want to get to the real stuff. He didn't say that, but he sure went straight to the real stuff. He's like, you know what? You have to change how you express yourself. He says you get mad at everything. Uh, you shout, you cry, and you just need to take a step back, take a breath, and think about what you're saying. And to my absolute surprise, she's like, I know. Um, and I and she agreed. I was shocked. I was shocked. I'm not shocked. I think people can admit their faults when they're presented in a non-confrontational way. I was that shocked. <laughs> I thought they were about to have a fight, but she acknowledged it, which was so big on her part. 
And it went to me believing, yes, they are communicating. Because if you can take constructive feedback, your, your partner is saying, hey, this is what I don't like about you, or this is something that makes me feel uncomfortable. Can we discuss it? That's a big step moving forward, considering like, you know, you guys are fighting yesterday about the electricity. I just think it was a big step. Um, and then she says, well, that she needs him to change as well. And this is where I need you all to chime in. Uh, there's a bunch of you watching. Some of you are in the live chat. Definitely jump in on this live chat because I'm very curious. So she wants him to change the way um, that he doesn't like her having male friends. Right. And so they go back and forth with that. And he's like, well, you don't like it either. You don't like it when I have female friends. They seem to come to an understanding saying, well, then they're both going to have friends of the opposite sex and indeed be able to go out with their friends with no issues. So because they agreed with that, Danielle immediately says, oh, and by the way, I have a friend in from Miami um, and he wants to meet up. And Johan, you could see like his brain kind of twirling. He's like, what friend? And she's like, Taylin. And Taylin, we find out, is her... At first, she says they used to just kind of kick it. But he used to live with her. That was your live-in boyfriend, Danielle. If you're like whamming and bamming it and you live together, that's your live-in boyfriend. <laughs> Whether you have labels or not, that's how people are going to take it. And that's definitely how Johan took it. And he's like, well, wait, that's your ex-boyfriend. So we find out that her ex-boyfriend, Taylin, I'm going to call ex-boyfriend because that's how I take it too, um, was in town on vacay uh, in the Dominican Republic, DM'd her, wanted to see her, and uh, wants to go and meet up. So she took it to her house. She said, she was honest. She said, hey, I'm married now. I'm living in the Dominican Republic. I'm going to ask my husband if he's okay with it. And if he's comfortable, then yeah, no problem. Johan is absolutely not comfortable with it. He thinks it's weird. He thinks that exes cannot be friends. Um, he thinks that it's weird that uh, Taylin, who I'll show you here, wants to see Danielle specifically. And then Danielle's the one that invited her husband to join them for lunch. Now, so my question to you guys all in the live chat and to you, April, is... Can exes be friends? Absolutely. I think exes can be friends. Of course, like several factors are involved. Um, but if you are a person who is able to communicate efficiently and that relationship just didn't work out for other reasons, but you still see some good in them and they're able to be a friend to you, then why not? I think it's okay to accept that the relationship part of it didn't work out and you can still be platonic and support each other in some ways. And I don't think it's weird for them to meet up in another country. If ever I have a friend um, who ends up in the same country that I'm in when I'm traveling, it's just kind of cool to see somebody out of the country. Agreed. Uh, Bobby agrees with us as well. Uh, I think exes can be friends. I am friends with uh, quite a few of my exes and I don't think it's a problem. And here's here. Let me qualify it before you all come and talk crazy to me. Um, I think that it has to be a situation where there has been some years apart. 
some time apart and you have no residual feelings for them. You broke up amicably or not amicably and you don't want to get back together with them. If there are any feelings like that, then you can't be friends. But if you, it's purely plutonic and for whatever reason it didn't work out and now you guys still are in each other's lives because you've been in each other's lives for x amount of years then i don't i don't see a problem with it and i i appreciate the way that she said to him you know i'm married and you can be both of us or he said well you can can your husband come or however it happened she didn't say i'm gonna go meet him by myself so I don't know what else she could have done in this situation apart from waiting for him to meet with a girlfriend first before she would ask about meeting with a guy friend. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm still curious. So we had one answer in the live chat. If you're watching the replay, let me know. Can guys and girls be exes, be friends? Can exes be friends? Uh, what up, Dasha? What up, Raydella? And so Dasha wants to put a part two question in. But what if your partner has a problem with it? I would ask, what is the issue? What is the problem? Um, and see if there's some conversation that we could have. Like if you specific, if it, let's say, for example, they say, well, I, I don't think that person intends to be platonic. I think that person has other intentions. Then you can ask where that came from. Or if they're thing is, I don't like the way that person talks to you. They still use endearments when they talk to you, sweetie, honey, baby. Then you can have a conversation about that. But I would ask specifically, where is the problem coming from? And then judge whether or not the relationship is worth it. Is that friendship worth going further in this conversation or is it not? That part. So Johan doesn't feel comfortable with it. He really doesn't believe exes can be friends. He thinks that Danielle's acting crazy calls her nuts and says uh, things are different in the Dominican Republic. And he feels like he will be disrespected if she goes and meets up with her ex-boyfriend. Um, I agree with April. Um, and I think that to answer Dasha's question, <clears throat> if your partner has a problem with it, you really have to feel that out because does your problem have does your problem <laughs> that's that part does your partner have a problem because it's a jealousy issue which is really about them not you or is there a lack of trust in your relationship what's the root of the problem if your partner can say hey listen like april said you may feel plutonic but perhaps your ex still has feelings for you and here's why i think they have feelings for you because like she said there are pet names involved maybe like the interaction is is not plutonic maybe they're texting you inappropriate things or whatever the case may be if that's it then okay i understand that but if it's not that it's just like your partner has a feeling and doesn't like it then that's something i would i would encourage people to address right but we know Johan's problem is not any of those things. His problem is all uh, a masculinity and misogyny issue. It is there's nothing else to it. He's yeah. his response was not I don't trust you. I don't trust him. His response was it would be disrespectful for me if people saw you out with him. It's disrespectful to me. Yeah. So like we're it's going to be very hard for him to get to what he's feeling because there's so many layers of. What is masculinity on top of it? Absolutely. 
100% agree with you. Um, but you know what? I, I do honestly think that these two are going to make it. I think that they're ironing out the kinks because, you know, they met quite quickly and married quite quickly. And now they're ironing out the kinks. And, and part of that is a cultural thing. Part of that is a communication thing. And part of that is a long distance relationship. And now they're in the same space. And, you know, they seem to enjoy each other. So I think that that uh, they're going to be able to work through it. What do you think, April? I think so, too. I mean, a part of making it is how much the two parties want to, regardless of how much they fight or what the cultural issues are. It does appear that both of them want to be together. Yeah. I mean, I'm no therapist, but I would think that is going to be one of the main determining factors. Yeah. She is, she's, she's moved there. She's willing to change her whole life. So she's not going to throw in the towel um, because of one or two arguments, she's going to keep on working towards it. And he's shown, even though he has some issues that I would place all in the masculinity category, he's also shown that he's very open to practicing or, or learning more about her religion and, and sitting down and having conversations after a conflict. So I, I have high hopes for them too. Yeah, 100%. Uh, let's move on to Mahmoud and Nicole. Your thoughts on their segment. Okay. So the comment that I said in the beginning, in my heart, I don't like. So I was enjoying his brother. And I thought the brother was doing a really good job until we got to that comment. Tell me the comment again. In my heart, I don't like. So this was... Um, oh, when... When he said that you've left in your mind, but not in your heart. No, when he's, when um, he was explaining after they had got all back together and they were sitting with the brother, his wife, Hatma, and he was explaining that when he first met her, they spent a few years in China together and it was a while before she agreed to start covering herself. Mm -hmm. And she leans over to Nicole and whispers, Oh, in my in heart, yeah. I don't like. And so I'm like, before I was thinking, oh, he took these steps to educate her and she's a, a true convert and she made this decision on her own. And in the end, I was left thinking, oh, no, oh, no, she was manipulated into this. Was that how you took it? That's how I took manipulated it. Manipulated into it? If you're telling me that all these years later... That it wasn't really your choice. Like in my heart, she I don't like she it. She didn't say that though. She just said, I don't like it in my heart. She didn't say I was manipulated into it. She didn't say, and she wouldn't say that. Why would she use that language? She wouldn't say that. But if that's how she feels and she's saying it out loud and her husband is not acknowledging it, then I think that there's there was a problem somewhere along the way why should we be doing anything as a daily routine that you in your heart don't like? Well, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> here we are again. Here we are again. Um, so... I personally think that, okay, so I don't, I didn't take it that way. I didn't take it that way. And I think that uh, if she felt manipulated, she would not have left China and 
continued to live in Egypt with her husband and children. I think that she may not like it, but there's a lot of things in relationships that you do not necessarily like, but you compromise. And I think that she knows that it was important to her husband, maybe less so to her. Um, and so in order to, you know, give and take, she gave a little in in that relationship. And I think that that's okay to do in a marriage. You know, oftentimes, you know, there's some things that in past relationships that I didn't like, like, I don't like the fact that you leave the toilet seat up. I don't like the fact that you're doing this. I don't like the fact. And is it worth that same fight day in and day out? Or are you going to say, you know what, I'm going to give in a little bit here and I'm going to take a little bit here. That, that's how I see it. Hilda says, hi, Lynn and April, you're too funny. Yes, we agree to disagree. It's all love though. Um, <clears throat> so thoughts, April, on that? Any thoughts? Yeah, so in the beginning, I, I really applauded Ahmed. How did you feel about the way he intervened in that yeah. conversation? So let's talk about all of that. So um, Nicole sitting all, okay, so first of all, you guys, Nicole, can you just go home? Go home, my love. Just go home, my love. Because I honestly am really confused by you. I'm confused by all the things. I'm still confused about what exactly you freaked out about from last episode. And you said he's nitpicking behind the scenes, behind the cameras and all this stuff, but you don't say exactly what he's nitpicking about. Because if it's about the your clothing, he's been very vocal and open and on, upfront. So I'm still like confused what exactly it is that you literally freaked out about. And everyone's like coming for me saying that he's the problem, he's the problem, he looks this and he looks that. But she did put hands on him first. And I went back and specifically watched it because everyone's like, no, he grabbed her first. No, she puts hands on him first and then he grabs her wrist. None of it's okay in my opinion. You keep your hands to yourself, but here we are. So she's still free. She's mad. And this is what I don't like. She's mad. She's told him to F and stay away from her multiple times. She's told him to leave her alone multiple times. And so he leaves her alone. But in this episode, she's mad that he left her alone and didn't expect him to leave her there, quote, stranded in, quote, some hotel, in, quote, some weird country where she doesn't speak the language. Now, this is what, so this is, this is pissing me off because First of all, weird country, have some respect. Second of all, you've been there. You said you lived there for two months. So what are you talking about weird country? Third of all, it was your choice, Nicole, to go back to said weird country and you did it on your own. Fourth of all, you're in a hotel in a major country, okay? Someone is gonna speak English. So why don't you use your big girl pants and figure it out for yourself? Because this whole damsel in distress and oh my God, I can't believe he actually listened to me when I said, leave me alone. He actually left me alone is BS in my opinion. Yeah, she definitely ruined my momentum. My, my argument for you, Nicole, was solid. 
until we came back this season, I mean, this episode, and you're upset that he actually did leave you. The only thing I could think of was that she expected him just to be waiting in another part of the same street they were on while she calmed down and not go all the way home. But yeah, you make, you're making it hard for me to make an argument for you. And I was strong on your side. You were strong and everyone was against my side, but I'm going to tell you this, and this is why I stick to what I stick to and what I believe what I believe. So I know this is not the same thing, but it's the same thing in this. Okay. And it's going to seem harsh, but I really want you guys to all understand what my point is. We were just in Women's Awareness Month celebrating women in their entirety. We've seen all the things that go on on TV, and I can just go off on what I've seen just alone this week. And so this is going to sound harsh, but it's for a reason. So. When I grew up, there was a phrase, no means no. Okay. That's it. There should be no other conversation. No means no. So when a woman says something, you should believe her. So in this situation, when Nicole's like, leave me the F alone, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. And literally buck wild in a frenzy over it. And the man listens to what she's saying. You then turn around and, in my opinion, minimize the voice of women, make us seem crazy, because then you're like, well, I didn't actually think you were going to do what I said I wanted you to do. It's trash. It's immature. And I didn't like it. That's it. I didn't like it. So what is he supposed to believe? So the next time you say you're upset about something, should he believe you're actually upset or are you going to change your mind in five seconds? The next time you tell him to leave you alone, should he actually leave you alone or are you going to change your mind and be upset with him the next time? So you're setting the precedent. And since you're not solid in your decisions, he's not solid in your decisions. And guess what? He's going to continue to question your decisions because he can see he can, see he can do it because you don't stand firm in anything. And what's the saying? If you if you don't stand for anything, you fall for everything. That's it. Oh, I thought you were going to say like chicken little cried wolf too many times. <laughs> Even that, whatever, all same, same thing. We're getting to the same thing. My yeah. point being, Nicole, I don't know if you need to go on a eat, pray, love tour and figure out as a 40 year old woman who the fuck you are. And yes, the emphasis is there. But something needs to happen because you're not acting any more mature than I feel Mahmood is. And I don't think Mahmood is mature at all. And I'll get to him too. But my problem from a fellow female is this. This is my problem with you right now. So she then goes on to say, because she doesn't speak the language, it's, quote, scary for her. and um she's also worried that she's not going to be able to be with her husband because she loves him so much. Okay. In this moment, she is truly making it difficult for me to believe any of the past conversations that she said that she's had with Mahmoud. And all I can say is I agree when Ahmed says that they are two little kids. 
100%. Vanessa says, I hate people who say, leave me alone, and then say, I'm mad because he left me alone. Uh, totally agree, Linda. The librarian says, yes, Linda, go off. <laughs> so she starts crying uh, because, you know, she has been the victim this whole season. And she thinks that he's a different person when he's stressed out. And every time they're together, it's intense all the time. And all I had to say was SMH. Are you kidding me right now? He's a different person. You showed up as a brand new woman. You are not the same woman that he married. You decide and granted, change your mind about whatever you believe. But again, what is it that you believe? That's that's my problem with you, Nicole. You believe one thing one day and the next day, not even the next day, the next 10 minutes, you believe something else. That's a good question. They, they could start with just that question you said, what do you believe right now? What do you believe in? And then him say what he believes in and see if they can start over there instead of starting in the middle with what clothes do you want me to wear? Yeah. What do you believe? What is it that you want in this relationship? What are your goals for this relationship? What are the goals for yourself? What makes you happy? All very basic things that should have been, hey, this is date 101. Date 101, let's knock out the basics. So I think the disconnect or the problem is that the questions you just asked are not questions people generally ask themselves. Like a lot of people don't take the time or maybe don't have the time to do that kind of self-discovery. And then it just shows up in the conflicts they're having in their relationships and their workplace and everything else. Well, I feel like Nicole has not had one conversation with herself ever. That's it. That's how I feel. I feel like she's been floating through life. Uh, she's a designer today. She's an Uber driver tomorrow, which is fine. Live your best life. But then when you're confronted, you're going to have to either stand up or get rolled over. And if you don't learn from any lessons life has to teach you or any mistakes you make and you continue to make the same mistakes, I can't feel for you because how, how are you not learning? You're going to continue to do the same thing and expect a different outcome. It's bizarre. And and this is the first time I've gotten tired of holding deer in headlights. Oh, I've been, as you can tell, I've been tired. Everybody else has like been commenting about it and I'm like, trying to get rid of the benefit of the doubt, but I'm totally over it. You, you, you caused this entire situation. Now I'm not letting Mahmoud off for what I think he was insinuating when he said that comment about if she was Egyptian, blah, 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 trails off. But she, she baited him into this argument in the street, which is already like a big no, no to have an argument out in the open like that. Um, and then told him to leave her alone, got left alone, and then got upset about it. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. So, <clears throat> Ahmad, the older brother, uh, comes through because he is like, that is not what we do in Egypt. What we're not about to do is leave your wife somewhere. So let's go together and let's figure out what's going on and let's bring her home. And so they go back to the hotel 
Um, Maud sits with Nicole and asks her very calmly and very directly, how are you? And she freaks out. And this is where I knew, like, you're unstable because you're not fighting this dude. And I get you're all the way up here, but you've had time alone to sit with your thoughts and process your thoughts. Why are you still up here? And is exactly what he basically said. He's like, can we speak? Because, you know, we can speak. I'm not Mahmood, he says. And he says, we're family. I see you like a sister. And, you know, I want to help fix this problem. And I can fix it as you like. You're my sister. Can you calm down? And I was I agreed. I was like, she, you need to calm down. Because why are you saying, oh, my God, you know, every time he sees me every second, he treats me like shit. And he, nah. Oh, my. What? Do you I'm generally like not a fan of the calm down uh, being sent to women, but I think in this case he's like, hey, 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 let's take a step back. I'm I'm coming to you as a brother. She needed to calm down. He was not the one she was mad at. So I don't normally be like, hey, no. I feel like when someone says calm down, you probably need to calm down. <laughs> Um, so then she gets into the fact that she doesn't like all the rules. She feels like he doesn't let her be herself. Um, and Ahmad says, you know, in the first year of my marriage, we had very similar problems. And my wife and I fought a lot about a lot of things and it takes time. And overall, my brother's a good guy. And, you know, he has a, a small mind. His mind is small. Um, and he's probably not a great communicator, good with his words, he said, when he's angry. Um, but he knows he made a mistake. So should I go get him? Can you guys sit down and have an adult conversation? Like, can we do that? And at first, Nicole was like, ah, oh, this is not your business. It's between me and my husband. But it's clear to me, Nicole, that you all need a mediator because whatever it is that you two are doing, you're not communicating. And you both are acting very immature. And I'm, I'm, bringing it back to, you know, you're 40 years old. He's like 32 or whatever, but you guys are acting like you're brand new to being in a relationship, which we know Mahmood is. And I'm going to also get to Mahmood. He is not off my radar either, but right now I'm stuck on Nicole because Nicole, you're supposed to be representing women and you're representing them poorly right now in your words and actions, in my opinion. So um, they go get him, they go get Mahmood, they all sit down, so it's Mahmood, Ahmed, and Nicole. Ahmed continues to say, you know, in Islam tradition, the woman is the queen at home, and I really wish that he elaborated on that, because I'm not really clear on what that looks like. What does the queen look like at home, considering all rules and regulations um, that are necessary in that belief system. So I'm just curious. I'm not, it's, it's not like a judgment. It's just like, I'm curious, what does that look like? Cause you know, being treated at, at a, as a queen is different for different people. So I'm just curious, what, is, what does it look like there? What does it look like in Egypt? Um, then he goes on, Ahmad goes on to say that, you know, you're never supposed to leave your woman. 
Um, but Mahmood has no experience. This is his first girlfriend, his first wife. Um, and so he's like, you know what, brother? To Mahmood, you need to go and sit down and fix this. And as your elder, I'm telling you that she's our guest here in Egypt. We need to make her feel at home. And also she's considered family. She's your wife now. Now, dear Mahmood, I feel like it's showing that you've never been in a relationship. And I get, you know, part of it is faith, religion, and, and all the things. I understand that. But I also think, too, that picking an L.A. girl, I know she's not originally from L.A., but um, she's been living in L.A. a long time, Pasadena, um, who was on some trip in Egypt, not for the cultural awareness of it all, but for the fabrics. Not to say that's, well, actually, I'm saying it. So you picked her out of all the peoples to have your very first experience. And clearly, she's going to be a little bit more high maintenance than what you're used to. And since you're not used to anything, this is probably a shock to your system. And I'm just thinking that perhaps maybe you should have gone on a date or two or three or four during the time that you were apart and separated so that you got a little experience under your belt with a local and see if it's any different than this because you guys were on the verge of divorce. I don't understand how we're here. He wouldn't have been allowed to do that while they were still legally and religiously married though, right? I mean, seems to me like in this episode, they pick and choose what they're following and allowed and not allowed to do. Point taken, point taken. But I, I start. I have a new uh, suspicion in this episode. Do you think that him and Nicole had relations before they got married, and then one hundred percent had to marry her because of that? I feel like they had relations before um, they got married. Do I feel like that forced him to? marry her no but i do think that i mean think about your first time think about your first time you you're in love with that person for the rest of your life you will remember that person's name for the rest of the life most likely if you have like a great experience and that was your thing you're always going to remember so it's a little bit of and plus he's like 32 so yeah he's he's like sprung you got this blonde hair blue eye doughy eyed oh my god ah! i'm sure like the whole victim woe is me damsel in distress was really attractive while she was on vacation. Reality, not so much, especially with no experience. Yeah. 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 Especially when she decided I changed my mind. I don't want to wear I changed my mind about everything and everything I've changed my mind about. <sighs> so then, um, My favorite line for them in this segment was when they all sat down to have the to have the talk and Ahmad hits Mahmood in the back of his head and says, Say hi to thy wife, stupid guy. <laughs> Died of laughter. And so 
here to me is where Mahmood, you're on the hot seat now. So Mahmood to me showed his immaturity um, in this little segment. So when he asked her, which I'm still confused about too, Mahmood. So I, I get why you asked her, but he's like, what did I do today? Because I don't understand. You freaked out. You pushed me on the street. And that's what he's mad about, right? Because he's trying to understand what is it that I did that set you off. But what Nicole didn't communicate by using her words is that she was just fed up. She's fed up with the whole situation. She's fed up with wanting to wear what she wants to wear, going where she wants to go. She really does want to have the life that she had back in America. And she's stressed out about it and she is wound up tight about it and she just exploded. But instead of being able to communicate that, she just freaked out and went all like haywire, you know, like with cartoons where their head explodes and you see all that. Blah, blah, blah. She literally short circuited and then blame Mahmood. So that's what happened there. Um, and then she flips it and says that he's power tripping on her and constantly asking her for a divorce every time they fight. Yes, I agree with that. I think that that is a form of trying to control her. And I also think that that's a, a form of his, that's showing his immaturity. Every time you fight, it's like when you're in a relationship, just dating someone. And every time you fight, they're like, oh, I want to break up with you. I want to break up with you. Well, you're an idiot because a fight is not going to make you break up every five seconds. And if that's the case, if you think that every time we disagree, we're going to break up, then you're not the person for me because you clearly are not mature enough to understand the difference between a fight and a breakup. April? Exactly. It's actually one of the signs of domestic abuse when somebody is constantly threatening some serious like legal action against you and that a divorce is a legal action agreed so he apologizes uh after his brother says you know stand up and apologize to her and so he apologizes and the way these two throw away i like i'd love you i love you every five seconds it's like it's not nauseating in a cute way it's nauseating is like do you even know what that means do you know what that means? Cause like that's not solving your problem. You, you know, your world is exploding in front of your face. Your relationship is in the gutter and just saying, I love you is, <laughs> it's not going to fix it. It's weird. It's like, I don't care how many times you say, I love you. Talk about the issues in your relationship and get past them. Use your words to communicate so that you all can do better and have a better relationship. And you know what it reminds me of when you're like 12 or 13 on the phone with some guy and you both keep on just saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing now? What are yeah. you doing now? <laughs> yeah. I love you. I love you. Idiotic. So she makes the truest statement that she's made all season. And as far as I'm concerned, she says she wants to live and dress how she wants. She wants to have freedom. And he says, well, you know, I'm Egyptian. I'm not American. And I told you what I needed to marry you, which is true. So his stance never changed, right? His stance never changed. He said exactly what he wanted. He knew, she knew and mentions that she probably jumped in too quickly, but she knew what he wanted. 
She knew who he was, April. He has not changed who he is. Yeah, I think the only thing, the, the part where I can see her struggle is that once she said, I don't want to do this anymore, he said, okay, we're going to compromise. But his compromise is just, I'll find a slow way for you to do what I want you to do. It's not what I would consider a compromise. So I think that's what the struggle is. She's like, wait, we have to talk about this because we're supposed to be finding a compromise. And he's just like, no, you just, where did he go? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. However, again, he told her exactly who he was and what he needed in his faith, religion, and his marriage. And he says to her, you're the one that changed things. Everything that you've done is different now. And you're the one that kind of broke what you said you were going to do. Um, yeah, you can't keep going back to that. They're beyond that at this point. They have to start at the new juncture where they are. Something's yeah. happening with your sound, they're saying. Um, but they're not they're not in a new juncture yet, April, I don't think, because they haven't addressed the issues. You know what I mean? So they're not going to agree. They both decide, hey, listen, I'm not changing and I'm not changing. Fine. So what are we going to do? No one wants to change. So she's like, accept it or not, this is who I am. And if you don't accept it, then I want to go home. Which brings me back to Nicole. Just how April just said, you know, threatening some someone with legal action is a form of domestic violence. I personally think the way that she continues to threaten to go back to America is emotional abuse. Um, April's going to be back. She's going to test her sound. She's going out and coming back in. So uh, we will wait for her to come back. But in the meantime, I'm going to continue to keep chatting about this. She's back. Uh, do you want to go ahead and unmute yourself? Yeah, let's see how it is now little bit better i still hear a little bit of an echo but it's much better than it was and how about let's let's leave you on and not put you on mute okay because i think that i would rather have any background than maybe it's like not having enough time to catch up i got you i got you it's just, they're playing music at the beach down there so i thought i would just like try to cut it out as much as possible but you know what Maybe the beach vibe is what I need in the background. And maybe the beach vibe with my little toque on is what I need, girl. I need to vicariously be living my vida loca in Fiji. Okay. Um, so, again, like I said, or I was just saying, April, I feel like just how, how Mahmood threatens divorce and how she threatens to go back to America is equally trash. I think it's yeah. equally trash and emotional abuse. Yes. They, because... they, both, they both go to that too quickly. But what I mean by saying like they're at a new juncture now is that he keeps on referring to the time that she agreed that she was going to cover. 
And they're beyond that at this point. She's saying, I don't agree to that anymore. So, so they're beyond that. And he has to deal, either he's going to deal with the new reality and they're going to find some compromise or they're not because it's, it's pointless for him to keep going back to that. She has said that she, she doesn't agree with when she said that anymore. That's fair. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because that's what he wanted, but it's kind of similar to me as couples who agree that they don't want to have any children. And then one decides they do want to have a child. Like what is the point in keeping on saying to that person, but you said we weren't going to have any children. It doesn't matter. You're in a new point. Now you're at a new point. So either you're going to discuss it from that point forward or there's no point. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, you're right about that. You're right about that, but he wants no part of it. If he's going to have to live his life this way and constantly fighting and bickering and all of that stuff, he's like, I'm willing to let her go. And that's what he says he's going to do. But Ahmad comes strolling back and says, what is going on here? Both of your faces look at messed up. Clearly you guys have not come to any type of conclusion. Both of you are stupid little kids. And so since no one wants to change, how about we do this? Let's delay talking for now. Um, everything will be fixed, he says. You guys are all using your angry words. And because you guys are in your angry words, you're not really communicating. So how about we take a beat? You guys get out of your feelings and then start talking. And in the meantime, he says to Nicole, like your words um, may have left him, but your heart hasn't left him. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, she is dropping I love you bombs every five seconds. I think that, you know, they're love bombing each other, not knowing really what, what that really entails. Because if they really loved each other, all of this like petty nonsense, fighting every five seconds about BS would not be worth it to them. Like it just wouldn't. It's like trash. I just, you know what? I'm kind of over the both of them, to be honest. I'm over them, but I've been over Nicole. And Mahmood, I'm starting to see like, hey, you got a lot of maturing to do. And, you know, you're in your 30s. You're not in your 20s. Like, at what point do you grow up? Well, some things you can't learn until you have the experience, right? That's why I said he should have gone out and dated some locals. He had, what, a whole year almost, probably longer that they were apart because there was the pandemic. So, mm -hmm. like, you should have been in your little bubble. You should have bubbled some, some other ladies. And <laughs> All in all, I think that he simply would be happier with somebody who comes from a place where they already accept that those are things they want to do, that they want to cover that they want to live with his family because she doesn't want to do that either. And that they want to pray multiple times a day and, and be friends with the other women in his family as their only source of friendship. Just find somebody who wants that. He'll yep. be happy. That part. So again, he apologizes uh, to Nicole and then he wants Nicole to do the same to him, which again, I thought was super petty and showed his immaturity. Um, and then Ahmad said something that I was like on the fence with. So he was basically like his brother doesn't know that women don't do that and that Mahmood doesn't know how to quote play with women. Now, I know that that could have been a language thing, right? Where he really meant like doesn't understand 
how to interact with women. But that word play for some reason just irked me. And it irked me because it was more like play with them, like manipulate them. And I was like, is that what he meant? I need to know. But I mean, it could very well be. Remember when Shaida went to Bilal's mom for help? And the mom basically said, oh, as a woman, you have to learn how to manipulate the man to get what you want, make him feel like he's still in charge, but you can still get what you want. So maybe there is a religious and or cultural thing that's happening there where the women and men are expected to play games with each other. Mm, that's an interesting point. That's a really good point, April. If anyone knows, definitely let us know in the live chat. If you're watching the replay, let us know in the replay, because I have questions and I would like someone to give me some answers. Thank you. So, um, they're going to talk later. In the meantime, they're playing this game 31. Don't know. Do you know it? Are you familiar with I that game? I don't know this game. Is it, maybe it's like 21? But 21's with cards, right? Yeah, I have no clue. No yeah, clue. I, what I have no idea. Again, if you guys all know, you know, <laughs> I can't Google everything. Let's participate. Let's all help each other out. Uh, but they're playing 31, having coffee and hanging out with the family. And, you know, Mahmood and Nicole are really looking at uh, Ahmed and Fatma as mentors for their relationship and trying to say like, hey, they've gone through everything that we've gone through. So let's like move forward and learn from them and grow like them. And hopefully we will have a happy, healthy family like they do. So um, Fatma was the scene stealer in this scene, in my opinion, because she was like, I'm literally just here for the tea. I'm going to go ahead and sip on my juice. Watch how this whole thing plays out. Throw a few things in, maybe a little bit of shade and smile and watch it all of them play. Loved it for her. <laughs> so um, Nicole's asking Fatima like all these questions, you know, like, did you always wear the headscarf? Fatima's like, you know, I didn't wear it at first when we were living in China, but then when we moved to Egypt, I wore it. And then whispers to Nicole that in her heart, she doesn't really like wearing the scarf because it's hot to her, um, but she wears it. And that's where April and I had that conversation. And, you know, you can, if you missed it, go back and listen in the beginning, but we are agreeing to disagree and we're, we're moving past it for now. We do find out a big showstopper moment. So Ahmad, who is supposed to be, you know, the mentor, the older brother, the guy that's living his best Muslim Islam Islamic life, married, two kids, you know, following Allah, all the things. I uh, used to drink beer. No, excuse me, used to drink tequila when he was living in China and shocked everyone, right? Because one of the things Nicole is having a challenge with is the non-drinking part and talked about how she used to share a beer with her dad, which your dad doesn't live in Los Angeles. So like you were doing more than just sharing a beer if you're literally having a challenge with not drinking. So I'll yeah. there. Um, but then Ahmad says, you know, I used to drink when I was in China. He really loves tequila. He really loves tequila, he said. And you could see he was having a whole moment of when he was remembering the taste of tequila. 
Yeah, it hit him hard, didn't it? You could see it in his face. In his whole face. Uh, Mahmood was like shocked because he's the younger brother. He's a bit irritated with his brother because, you know, it's forbidden. And Ahmad shows his wisdom again and says, you know, we're not perfect. We all make mistakes and we learn from our mistakes. And, you know, the only person that's only person that's perfect or entity is God is perfect. So you can always start again. You learn from your mistakes and you start again. And I thought that that was the best metaphor for these two ding-dongs. <laughs> you know, go ahead and start this relationship again because they really did even say that they started too fast and they went from zero to a million and all the stuff in between they did not do. They did not have the conversation. She literally changed her whole religion without knowing what her what her beliefs were versus what her new beliefs were going to be. She agreed to cover up when she didn't want to cover up. She agreed to the prayers and all the things when she didn't know what she was signing up for, which is her bad. There's no one to blame but herself. And so now she's having some buyer's regret, buyer's remorse, change of faith remorse, all the things remorse, remorse, remorse. And she's taking it out on her husband who has said from the very beginning, this is what I want. Now, one of yeah. the things I thought was interesting that I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, April. Um, yeah, that's a good point. She was drinking. Remember when they were at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena and she, they were all yeah. outside drinking? Yeah. So, yeah, clearly it's not just a, a beer with her dad. Um, I've lost my train of thought. You, you were skipping ahead. And you wanted to go ahead and mention ahead. So the friend in the sneak peek of next week, uh, when the friend said it's interesting, because I that was a question I had too, April, is that if if the rules are so strict, I would think that the residents there would look for partners that are already in line with what they believe because that would yes. take out like less of the stuff but it look even Ahmad's wife is from abroad different religion all the things and the friend said something and I just caught a little bit of it but that she said like Egyptian men love to get like the foreigners or whoever they like and then change them to become who they want and I thought that was an interesting comment to make I've heard this phenomenon before. So uh, I remember when um, Kanye got upset at one point because of the photos that Kim Kardashian posted on her Instagram of her nude. And this whole conversation started, and that's where I read this article that was talking about how men uh, will sometimes go after women who are very free and very independent and then as soon as they get them, they try and shut that thing down about them. Like the thing that they love, they shut it down because they don't want other men to come along and be attracted to the same thing. Oh, that sounds um, terrible. I, I, it, it does sound awful, but I was thinking that does account for some relationships that I've seen in my personal life. Um, and then also some celebrity relationships you see where men go after women who are, you know, uh, very sexy and post certain kinds of photos. And then they're like, hey, you're a mom now, you need to change. And it's like, but that's what 
that's what attracted you. Also, you guys, because I'm so close to the equator and the sun's starting to come down, you have to, I don't know if my camera will be able to pick up how pretty it is. Nope, it's not. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, oh, God. You see on my face that it's starting to come down. The sunsets here and the sunrises are absolutely gorgeous because of where we, you know, where we are. You see, I see people starting to gather just to sit and watch the sunset. I really, so. I really feel jealous. <laughs> I really feel jealous. I will give you everybody. I will give you all the details because this is one of the cheapest trips that I've actually ever taken. I will give you all the details on my YouTube page. I love it. You guys make sure you're following yeah. Holloway legal on YouTube. She's linked there going live there at the same time is here. Uh, so it should be really easy for you guys to click, 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 click and follow. Yeah. But yeah, Nick, Nick, this conversation also, one of the things Ahmed said is that because he had traveled around, he had a tolerance, I think, for the way that other people practice the religion. I think that's what he was getting at. We're all jealous and we're, we're not. Oh. <laughs> what you're saying? Oh my God, April, jealous, jelly, we're all jealous. It'll be you soon. I'm going to tell you how, okay? Don't worry. Um, it reminded me when Ahmad or Ahmed, sorry, when he was talking about, you know, traveling around and seeing how other people, um, practice the religion and how his brother hasn't had a chance to travel and see that it reminded me of in Malcolm X's biography, when he talked about his first time going to Mecca. Mm -hmm. And so all this time he had only learned this one version, the nation of Islam. Yes. And then when he went to Mecca and saw, you know, the way that so many people from different places in the world gather there and practice differently, it changed a lot of things for him. And so I think brother is right. Like if he had an opportunity to have that, Mahmoud had an opportunity for that worldly experience, maybe he wouldn't be so insistent that she has to behave a certain way and wear certain things. Maybe he still would be, but at least he'd be able to see, hey, there's there are options. Travel changes you, it changes your perspective. Um, I always encourage people to travel because not only do you get memories that last a lifetime, but it also opens your mind. And um, I would even go on a limb to say that uh, like college or university teaches you critical thinking, but travel teaches you how to communicate how to mingle and understand one another, and especially people of different cultures, race, ethnicities, backgrounds, religious beliefs, all of that stuff. And it just makes it easier for you to be a good person and to love yeah. on your neighbor. And so if you have an opportunity to travel, travel. And that's why I always also talk about the other way, how they travel, they should, and for people that don't have the economic ability to travel this is a great show where you could let someone vicariously live through you and i really do think that they miss opportunities often when they're in all these amazing countries and don't really show the country yeah they don't see the culture so that would be my caveat for americans specifically if you are going to travel outside of the u.s please do reflect on your own behavior Go ahead, April. Teach them. There, I have been, um, well, mostly Australians and New Zealanders are here because of the proximity. But I 
oftentimes actively avoid other Americans when I'm traveling. Um, so just just check yourself, check your expectations on time, on service, and just relax a little bit and, and please stop being annoyed. Yeah, and then also I just want to jump in from the Canadian perspective. Go ahead and stop carrying and putting the Canadian flag and stickers on your stuff when you know darn well that you are not Canadian and you're trying to give us Canadians a bad name. Cut it out. <laughs> um, let's move on to Gabe and Isabel. Yes. What were your thoughts? Um, so I was, I was happy that things went a little better than we, uh, than they could have. Um, but I totally understand. I know a lot of people didn't get it. I totally understand when Gabe was like, wait a minute, that was too easy. Oh, we're clearly going to disagree again. <laughs> so just be forewarned, you guys, that, I mean, <laughs> we're going to disagree. Um, I love this. I have not... Uh, had a teary eye on 90 day fiance in a very long time. And you know, I, you guys, I'm a wuss when it comes to anything that's just heartwarming. Uh, this moment was really heartwarming. And I think that it was important in the time and era that we're in, especially right now, there are so many things you guys and I encourage you Americans to really start opening your eyes. There are a lot of things happening and I'm not trying to make this all political, but there are a lot of things happening right now uh, in this country, in America, United States of America that are happening behind closed doors, literally. And so, yeah, that part, we need to start paying attention. So all the other stuff that is, is distractions, you know, so what someone has, has ugly toenails. Uh, you want to? You might want to know that there are a bunch of countries that are going to start cutting off U.S. currency. You got to go and find out what's happening in Florida because there are a bunch of bills and bans happening. There's just a lot. So, all that being said, I was really happy how this moment transpired, and I feel like uh, Isabel's dad spoke for a lot of us. Like. Hey, you know what? I don't know enough about this, so I'm going to want you to give me more detail. As you guys know, that's where I started this season, and April came on board, thank God, and was educating us. And I'm still learning. Obviously, you know, and what we're nine weeks in, and you know, nine weeks is not a lifetime, but at least we all started to learn. So wherever you stand, I don't actually care, but we're all learning together, and that's what's important. So. That being said, uh, they left off on a cliffhanger, kind of cliffhanger, where Gabe came out to Isabel's parents. There was still silence in this moment. <clears throat> I'm sorry, but I, I just got, I love you to egg. Threw me off for a second, but that's to April. So I'll let April read that as I get back on track. So. Um, silence. Gabe came out, there was silence. And so Gabe broke the silence by saying, what would you like to know? And uh, Isabel's dad was like, everything. I want the whole story uh, with more details. 
And so Gabe starts to say, you know, I, I've been transitioning for 10 years uh, and all my life, I didn't feel like who I was. And um, now, even though I've like transitioned, I'm still who I am. And I want you guys to see that I'm still who I really am. Dad said he's speechless. Mom is speechless too. Mom was a lot more speechless than I thought she was going to be because of all the things that Isabel said, how she's like more, you know, in a sense, like progressive, perhaps is the right word. Um, but the mom does say she's worried a little bit, which I thought was fair because she doesn't know enough about it. She knows little about it, she said. And so Gabe is like a little concerned about that and um, says, you know, like, what do you want to know? And, and the mom's like, you know what? I admire people when they're honest. And I thought that that was a really powerful thing because honesty really is a powerful thing. Right. And I know April has been talking about it for the past few weeks where you know, this is a conversation that you should have had, start warming up the family and been open and honest and all of those things. Um, and lo and behold, that's exactly what the mom said. The mom's like, you know, I appreciate the honesty. And they were lucky that all the shock part of it didn't, that they were like April said before in the past, they're on national TV, that they didn't respond in any kind of crazy way, they responded with love and, and acceptance and all of that. And we'll get to that. Do you want to say anything at this point right now? Yeah, I, I, I wavered a little bit on dad saying he wants to know everything. Uh, my initial reaction was, okay, that's positive. And then my reaction later on afterwards was, this is a lack of education that could have been solved earlier. Honestly, it shouldn't be Gabe's responsibility. It shouldn't be any trans person's responsibility to educate anybody from scratch. If you could endeavor to do the initial research on your own, and then you have some specific questions you want to bring up to someone who's close to you and is open to those questions, I think that's fine. But the idea that he has to teach the dad everything from scratch, I didn't, it didn't sit well with me in the end. But did the dad say that? Um, he just, he said, I want to know everything. When Gabe no, asked, do you have any questions? He said, oh yeah, he did say that. He says, I want to know everything, the whole story with more then, detail but i didn't take that as him saying i need you to teach me everything about transgender i took it like he wants to know everything about his journey transitioning um it, it could it, that could be what he means um that he wants to know about his entire you know story and history mm -hmm. um so you know and maybe maybe because Gabe is in this relationship with Isabel, he's completely comfortable with going through that entire story mm -hmm. with the family. Um, but he also, I think, would be in the right if he said, I'm happy to answer any questions about who I am now. But if he said, I don't want to take you through my entire story, because remember, his story includes, you know, initially being lesbian and then moving on to mm -hmm. transgender and having the surgery. So if he doesn't want to take them through the entire story step by step, I think he'd be well within his rights to say, 
uh, I don't want to go through all of that. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I understand what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> so the mom kind of answers that part of the question. The mom says, well, you know, we didn't know you before. We know this Gabriel at this moment. And this Gabriel at this moment is great friends. And so that's kind of where they leave it. And then Gabe is again, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause because I'm waiting for the part where April and I are gonna disagree to, <laughs> to say everything because you guys know how I go on a little tangent. I, I don't want to go on like 10 mini tangents, so I'm waiting. But um this is where Gabe tells them about a bad experience he's had where he's told people come out to people, told people. Yeah, either one. Okay. Um, and they've taken that love back from him. So you, you can imagine, um, you know, having someone in your life and then all of a sudden they're not in your life because you uh, told them the truth about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he was saying, you know, when they take that back, it's hurtful. It hurts him. And the mom, Isabel's mom says, you know, our type of love, the way we love it's what's on the inside and not what's on the outside. And that was just really like, oh, special. The dad turns to Isabel and says, hey, again, what April said, you didn't say anything this whole time. You know, how did you react? How did you take it? And Isabel's like, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. We started as friends and I accepted him. And um, the dad goes, you know, to receive such news is not easy, surprising to him, but he hopes that with time it will become clearer and that they, he can explain more to the dad. So between Isabel and Gabe, they can explain more to the dad um, because he said he'd like to understand and have another perspective. Did you want to add anything there? No, no, keep going. Okay. This is where I was just like, oh, I love this. <laughs> this won't change my friendship or my feelings towards you specifically, Gabriel. Um, he goes on to say, you know, we're not perfect. And, you know, we do have decisions that we make in our lives. And those decisions affect or can affect all of our lives. But. I'm not here to judge and I find strength in God and you should find strength in God and just accept and move forward. Um, the dad goes to Cameron and says that it's hard to find out that Gabe is transgender, but God has taught him not to judge because he's the only judge. Um, and the dad goes on to say that Gabriel will always be welcome in his home. Isabel starts crying and says, you know, they didn't know that the parents were going to be so welcoming and opening and open arms. They weren't expecting that. And nor did they feel like they were going to be supported. And that that this is all so beautiful to her that Gabe feels supported and accepted and loved. And all of that surprised them by their parents. But it shows how much of a beautiful person the dad is specifically and what a beautiful family she has um, that is full of unconditional love and respect. And she feels lucky. 
Um, and then they have a moment where uh, Gabe and him shake hands. And then this moment here when they both get up and embrace each other, I just mm -hmm. thought was a beautiful thing. Um, showing that, you know, we we just need to be more kind and respectful and unconditional and less judgy and less mean and less trolly and, and all the things. And, you know, life is so short. Uh, do you want to add something here? Yeah, it was a beautiful moment. My cynical nature did creep in just a little bit because we... I think it's okay to love and accept people whether or not you personally know them. And I don't want this to be a situation where you more often you see this in interracial relationships where, okay, we accept this one black person because we know you and you're married to our child, but we still are going to hold out negative feelings about black people in general. Um, so I love seeing the moment. I love that his parents did actually have a good response, but the cynical part of me is like, okay, but will they still end up being people who are against the interest and in equality for other transgender people? That's a fair question. That's fair. Um, so then... I talked about how they all held hands at the table and then they cheers with their coffee. I thought that was really cute. Fade to black. It's the next day. Uh, Gabe wakes up with back pain because he's staying downstairs in some like bed that's not really a bed to be sleeping in day in and day out. Um, he feels good about the conversation that he had the night before with her parents. Uh, but during the night, he was, and I'm putting in this part over. He didn't say that. He said he was thinking, and I'm saying overthinking. Mm -hmm. um, is this real or no? And uh, he's like, I don't know, he says. And he goes on to say, asking because everything in his life has been difficult, and your parents were so nice, but why? And Isabella says, of course it's real, and of course they embraced you. And this is where April and I are about to disagree. So April, go ahead and go first. So all of us have suffered some trauma in life, minor traumas, major traumas, and they show up in our relationships in different ways. Here, Gabe, his trauma that he's had in the past is showing up as disbelief. He has been, he's not been accepted by any of the parents of any of the partners he's had in the past. And so while it felt good to him while it was happening, he's gone back and this trauma has resurfaced and it's causing him to have this disbelief. And as a partner, you can't get mad at your partner's traumas. You simply have to try and recognize when it's happening and try and give them the reassurance that they need. Of course, as an individual, we need to be aware of what our traumas are too, but your partner can also help you with that by giving you the reassurance you need. So I'm not mad that he had this trauma and that it's showing up. I understand it. Okay, then I don't necessarily think we're going to disagree. You probably can't see this, but my highlighted part says, sorry for your trauma, Gabe. <laughs> that's what it is. He's showing up with trauma that he has not dealt with or he has not experienced uh, in the sense that the trauma showed up and it, the result wasn't what he normally has as the result. And so now he is questioning 
everything above everything. Like people can't be kind, people can't be accepting, people can't be loving, people can't be unconditional, people can't be respectful, all of those things. He's doubting because he's never had it before. And that's the part that I feel sorry for him because that is a trauma that A, you haven't dealt with because you weren't able to experience it. And this is the first time you're experiencing it and you're allowing it to seep into your new, healthy, happy relationship. And that's the part I feel unfortunate about. Now, yeah. pardon? Yeah, no, I agree, agree. Um, <clears throat> Isabel goes on to say that they love you and accept you. And he says, well, not many people accept me. So he's very suspicious, also trauma, um, especially the God religious part people who he has said has trolled him the worst and have been the meanest to him. Um, they've never, ever accepted him. And again, I said, I've, I, because you guys know that I am one of those faith believers. I, I'm sorry for that, that trauma. And I'm sorry that people in the name of God are out here judging you because that's the first thing, just like um, Isabel's dad said, that's the first thing is that, you know, what God has taught you. And it's taught me that you can't judge people. The only person that can judge is him. And what I find fascinating with the like deeply, deeply overzealous, trolley types who everything is in the name of God. Um, I'm just curious how beautiful and wonderful and, and honest and untarnished you're living your life. Because it's easy to go ahead and judge people and say this and that and say that God this and God's not going to. Um, I'll say this. It's clear that you are not a real believer because a real believer in Bible 101 knows that you are in no position to judge anybody. Period. That's it. That's my TED Talk. <laughs> so both <clears throat> reasonable. Well, I thank you. So he's still questioning if he's going to be accepted into their family. And uh, that's where he leaves it. He wants Isabel to talk to her mom to see if the dad said anything um, else while they went to bed. In the meantime, he's spending time with the kids, which is also a beautiful scene at a pottery studio. Uh, studio. He's with Sarah and Miguel. And... Uh, he tells them that he wants to propose soon to Isabel and she doesn't know and wants the kids blessing and also embraces it at them and makes them a part of the experience, which I just thought was beautiful. So they're going to make a plate and they're all going to make it together and paint on it. And then they're going to put the ring on the plate and then they're going to do the proposal, which I just thought was so healthy and beautiful and asking them how they felt about it and they are happy both sarah and miguel um love him so much and they thank him for everything because remember he also too has made their life better because the mom has right. had a bunch of trash men in and out as well as he's provided a safe happy stable living situation that they're all blessed of because of the relationship that Gabe has with Isabel. So right. the fact that they had that moment of also thanking him for everything he's done, I thought was quite special. Um, and then Gabe asks Sarah, you know, do you have any advice 
about, you know, marrying your mom, all of that stuff. And Sarah says, you know, make sure you have patience uh, and make sure you listen to her when she talks. And I thought all these kids are just always so wise on this show. I wish the parents would listen to them a little bit more often. Right. The younger kids seem to be smarter than the adult children. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Jenny's daughter. A hundred percent. So um, the other thing that Sarah thought, said that I thought was also important, it was not so much just being a father figure, but also being their friend, right? Which, you know, talks about just the lines of, of step parents and parents and all of that stuff. I thought that that was important too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isabel goes and talks to her mom and wants to know if the dad said anything else after the conversation. The mom has, mom has that like silent thing down pat because mom's silent for a little bit. It's like she's thinking about what she wants to say. And she's like, you know, your dad wants to speak to Gabe a little bit more, wants to make sure that out of everything, he's going to be able to provide stability for you. And then Isabel's like, you know, well, what if we want to get married? And the mom said she would rather that they wait to get to know each other more. Um... Vanessa says, maybe I have that trauma too. I could see them say, we do love you, but not for our daughter. Which would be a shame because here you have someone who's actually takes care of her, talks to her nicely, communicates with her in a good way, is the best relationship that she's had. And you would say, not for my daughter, just because he's transgender. That would be really sad if that happened. So you would prefer her to be in a relationship to that relationship. Do you want to take on this uh, comment? This last comment? This, um, oh yeah, that might be um, a pressure for them. You know, what will happen down the line if the extended family or the church community had given them, give the parents a hard time, some people don't do well under that pressure, especially if they're only thinking for one person and not for the group that that person belongs to, right? So we see this interracial family where it's like, oh, we accept this one person into our family because they have a child, then they're secretly hoping that the child is a poor skin tone, you know? So it'll be easier with the family. So yeah, that's a real thing. I'm happy. And uh, I am sitting on some such tea, you guys. Like, my Patreon subscribers already know because we had our news and gossip on Sunday. I, I, I'm feel, I've been busy, so I'm feeling like I'm feeling like I might release it. I'll let you guys know. I'll keep you posted. But woo! I'll tell you, April, after the show. Okay, okay. Last uh, couple. You know, where was Debbie and Usama, by the way? We have not seen enough of them. They're just like the filler couple this season, unfortunately. And Debbie yeah. brings so much joy because she is like all the sayings, the way she dressed, all the things. She makes me happy. She brings me joy. Yeah, I feel like we can have more Debbie Nosama and just get rid of Jenna Rishi. What is that face, Vanessa? 
go ahead and speak up. Use your words because that emoji is not working for me. I feel like that means she's got some gossip too. Oh, yeah? Isn't that what uh, that little slide face means? We'll find out because she's about to use her keyboard and use her words. <laughs> uh, Jen. Go home, beloved. Stay home, beloved. That my part. Love. Stay home, my love. That part. Why do you need to see him face to face? Why do you need to see him face to face? Well, Does it I, matter if it's a pattern? Once is enough. So are you believing the friends? I don't have any in, in, in combination with what his friend said to him. I don't have any problem believing Jen's friend. Like his own friend was saying, hey, when we go out, I have a problem or I see a problem with how you behave. I feel sorry for Jen. Yeah. See, when you put it in that context, 100% agree with you. If you put Jen's friend, uh, Randy, separate and apart, I have I feel like she's a friend of me and I, uh, I'm just not. Oh. <laughs> I don't get it. So, anyway, so we can, we can make a video of it. We'll do it. We could we could make another video. I'll do it on my phone. About your reaction. Yeah, that's what she wants. <laughs> okay, but well, it can only be your reaction. It can't be okay. the, what the news is. It can only be a reaction okay. to the news. Okay, so anyways, Jen's back on the farm, and I've. I've had, I don't know if I'm, I don't know, you guys, I'm feeling a little like tingly. So if I, if I get a little bit, meh, it's because <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit tingly. Cause there's, I, you know, you guys, I just like things to make sense. And sometimes these things aren't making sense. And so he, I was like, they were the last segment. And I was just like, I don't know if it's cause I'm coming off of a high with this beautiful moment that Gabe and Isabel and her family had, but this segment irritated me. And here's why. So Jen's back on the farm with her pigs. And if you remember when she was India in India and she was making fun of, not making fun of, but she was like, oh, there are these animals here and these animals here. And I was like, dude, you live on a farm. And so the first thing you show is the big hog that's on your farm. And it's okay in Oklahoma, but it's not okay in India. Like what? Anyways, so she's back. She's been back in Oklahoma for three months and she feels like her life has been put on hold. And then she's spraying this thing on the top of the roof. What was that? Anyone? Because I was like, you just made a mess for what? What was that, April? I have no idea what she was doing. I didn't understand it at all. I thought maybe I missed something because of the way that I had to watch it this week. Yeah. No, I didn't you didn't. It was a weird, just like a weird, I don't know if it was a filler moment, but if you anyone knows what she was spraying up there and why, Please let me know, random. So uh, she gets on a video call with her friends, Randy and Myra. Oh, it was a, a, a oh, wasp. Oh, it was a wasp killer to kill the wasp nests. Oh, oh. Okay. well, thank you, the librarian. Um, so she gets on this video call with Randy and Myra. And the first thing she says, April, that we're going to need your legal advice or legal thoughts, legal mind, is that she tells her friends that 
her she's going back to India in a few weeks because quote they reinstated her ten year visa. Yes, and I was like, "Am I misunderstanding what reinstated means?" Because no. I thought, "Go ahead." No, no, so India suspended travel for U.S. citizens during COVID. So if you held a visa, if you held a ten year visa for India, you were not able to use it during that suspension. You could apply for a temporary visa, which is the one she had that was a single entry visa. Um, so now the 10-year visas are back reinstated. You don't have to apply for it again. It's just if you already had one and it hasn't expired, it's reinstated. It does not mean you can stay in India for 10 years. It just means that you have permission to approach the border of the country and request entrance. And on each request, they will tell you how long you can stay during that visit. So it's it's similar to the U.S. 10-year visa. It only gives you permission to approach the border, and then they will tell you if you get the full six months, if you get two months, if you get two weeks. But did she, so did she have a 10-year pre-COVID? She had a 10-year pre-COVID. Oh. And it was suspended. Everyone's, every U.S. citizen's visa okay. was suspended. Okay, okay, okay. Now I get it. I was yeah. like... She's telling lies, but now I get it. Okay. The way she said mine was reinstated may seem like it was specific to her, but it was just yeah. it was just everybody's was reinstated. As long we as it wasn't expired yet. Got it. So she's going back to India in a few weeks, and she loves him, wants to be with him. He also reproposed. These are all the things she's telling her friends to catch them up. Um, and she also wants to go back to see if Rishi will follow through, which I thought was a weird thing to say about your fiance who didn't just propose once, but twice, but you're still at a place where you want to see if he's going to follow through on his word. Right. What? Right. Uh-huh. It's, been, it's been three months. So during that three months, he could have made some progress towards telling his, his family things if he wanted to. Was that thing? If he wanted to, he would. Right. If they want to, they will. If they want to make time, they will. Right. All the things. Okay? So, she, Jen, feels like Rishi hasn't done anything too shady. And Randy is where Randy bucks up. Now, Randy, in my opinion, is way too invested in her friend's relationship. So, Randy feels like uh, Rishi is a terrible person. There's red flags all over the place. She reached out to him, um, and she feels like he was hitting on her at, with those first messages. And then said that um, she thinks he's shady and given all the red flags, and here's why. So Randy asked him, let me see a picture and Rishi sends this picture of him like buck naked, basically in a towel. Um, and just FYI YouTube, I'm not showing a buck naked person. This person is not buck naked. So don't come for me. I'm not inciting anything. This is all for educational purposes only from TLC. I'm showing a TLC screenshot. So don't come for me. Thank you very much. Uh, that being said, Randy says, let me see a picture. And I think I, what I don't like about this April is the fact that she egged him on. He didn't like just send the picture to her. He didn't say, hey, baby, this is Rishi. She asked him for a photo. 
Now, was it right for him to send this specific photo? Probably not. But he's also, don't forget, he has the I'm a male model slash trainer mentality. And these are the type of pictures that they send. Is she Did she offer him a modeling job? Well, let's get into that. So she said that she was going to be in Chapur. She said that she was a model herself. Um, and he said, but you were saying that you have a meeting with your agent. That's what he said to her because she told him that she's coming to Jaipur to meet, do something, some type of modeling. And then she mm -hmm. says, yes, but not until I arrive in Jaipur in a few weeks. Then she asked him for a second time, let me see a picture. So she asked him twice, twice for a picture under the assumption that she too is also a model, April. Now let's go back to this because I, listen, Every other person in Los Angeles is a model. I know that this is model behavior, okay? Modeling pictures, the guys are going to show you, like, their shirt. The girls are going to show you, like, a cute little outfit. They're all models, and that's this is model behavior. I personally, especially when you keep saying, let me see a pic, send me a pic, send me a pic. If you already know this person's a model, and you're a model as well, then you're changing your modeling pictures, April. I, I guess as a person who's outside of that culture, it doesn't make any sense to me. If this person is not explicitly offering you a job, then what are they supposed to be doing with that picture? Showing that how beautiful you are as a model. Okay. This is a culture that I don't understand then because I can't think of any reason why I would send myself and that state of undress to anybody just because they ask. As a matter of fact, people ask me all the time. And I don't. I know, I but this is okay. So I, I get what you're saying. And I and I think as women we all get that like send me a pic, send me a pic, send me a pic. Yeah. Right. And nine out of ten times we don't. But I'm just saying like in the model community, it's not it's not um irregular to be like showing your modeling pictures to each other that being said randy's really in it and randy's like you know he is flirting with me he's trying to get with me and then here's the thing that i don't know if it's like an age thing uh but they keep using catfish as the word and yeah it's not catfish it's not catfish. And do you guys know what catfish means? Because I do not know what catfish means. You just sliding into someone's DM as yourself and then telling someone that you're a model is not catfishing. It's not. So can we stop saying it's catfishing? Because it's making me feel like you guys are two old Bettys that are trying to use like the hip term of the day, and but you don't know what it means. And it's they really are in fact two old Bettys who are using the wrong terminology and don't seem to care to fix it. So. What she said. So um, Jen decides that she doesn't care about any of it. She doesn't, she doesn't care whether it's true or not, whether he was being inappropriate or not. It's not enough for her to break up with him. It's not enough for her to um, confront him. It's not enough for that she's going to, India come hell or high water. Uh, she believed Rishi in the past when Rishi said he was faithful to her in those last two years, even though 
April and I talked about it. He didn't actually say, yeah, I've been faithful. He yeah, went all the way around her question. I was busy. I yeah. Was yeah. But didn't actually say he was faithful. And yeah. then even though Jen says she's so disgusted about this topless photo, um, she's still going and she still loves him and she still wants to see where this is going to take her. Um, so she's not going to end her relationship over it. And she's heading back. And this is the other part that irritated me. So when you were originally talking to your friend, you said that you were, you had been back for three months and then all of a sudden mid segment, you're heading back to India after four months. So has it been another month since you filmed? Because you're making it seem like it was just the other day because in the car on your way to the airport, you tell your sister-in-law that it was just the other day that you were talking to your friends. So like, now I'm like, what, what's the time frame? Is that a bad edit? Was it three months? Has it been four months? Was it the other day? Now, now my mind's there, April, instead of like being in the storyline, I'm like trying to figure out, okay, what, what, when is this, when did this all happen? How long have you been back? Yeah. I noticed that there was some issues with the time consistency there. And I was thinking if she was people who like something is three months and two weeks, and sometimes she's going to say three months and sometimes she's going to say four months. And if she wants people who thinks that a minute can be like, three days ago, a minute ago, and it was really like three days. Is she one of those people? I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe. That could be it. So she is heading to the airport with Tara. She says bye to her brother Charles. I was really disappointed that they didn't have him talk more. And I know yeah. it's because he sounds like Tim and we all love it. Yeah. We want him to just continue to talk. So we can be like, oh my God, is that, is that Tim? <laughs> um, but I feel like they've like, totally scaled down his lines and I'm not impressed. Anyways, they say their goodbyes also with his, her mom, Donna. Tara drives them to the air, or Tara drives Jen to the airport. Um, and don't think I didn't see that shade that the mom was like, oh, you'll be back. <laughs> okay. That's why we're not even coming to the airport this time, because you'll be back. Um, in the car, she explains to Tara about the whole shirt thing and Tara asks about the celibacy thing, and then Jennifer breaks down and thinks she shouldn't be going to India. And, you know, girl, follow your gut instinct. Don't be like Nicole. Nicole didn't want to go, didn't want to go, still went. If you don't want to go, don't want to go, don't go. That is your inner goddess telling you, stop! Anyways. It's okay to not go. It's okay to love yourself. It's okay to not go. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're not, I mean, you're not even going to be having sex with him anyways. And his parents don't know about you anyways. And so like you can be, we've already been there. Go, go and watch all the other seasons of Jenny and Samit and how Jenny has had to fight and fight and fight and fight with her her in-laws who weren't even their, their, her in-laws at the time. They just didn't accept her. So I don't know if you're, if you want to do all that, if you don't want to learn from the mistakes, cause you know, they've already been made. Anyways, yeah. Ruchi is dancing with this friend, Kushi. Um, Kushi asked about Jen. Uh, he tells her that Jen's coming back forever. 
And April just said, you know, 10-year visa does not mean forever. So just, you know, know that as a point of reference. Um, and then Rishi says, then they'll marry. She doesn't believe him. His own friend of many years does not believe him. And why does she not believe him? Because he hasn't told his family yet. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to say that there was no time while Jen was in town the first time. Well, Jen's been there a few times and you never told. You didn't tell them when you first proposed to her. And yeah. she had 30 days there. So you try to tell me, even though the time that she came over and you introduced her as a friend and she was in wife training that you didn't have the opportunity to talk to them, stop it. There's been nothing but time. Nothing but time. Um, And then Kishi's like, you know, if I had a boyfriend that didn't tell his family for a long time about me, I would be upset. And goes on to say that Rishi should tell his family. You know, Jen is leaving everything that she knows her whole life behind to go to India. Um, And then if they don't accept her, then what? And again, I will refer you to Jenny and Submit. Um, And she, not Rishi, excuse me, Kushi is doubting that Rishi's about anything. You know, when you have a friend that is like, you ain't about shit, you got to believe that friend. Because friends usually are like, hey, I got you. Or they like zipper zipper. But you have to not be about a whole lot if your friend is willing to say, you ain't shit. I don't believe what you're saying. You haven't told your family. You haven't told your friends. I see you out at the club with all these different women all the time, drinking and hanging out and going MIA and all the things. I've never seen you in a, like, settled down in a relationship, but yet you say, well, then she goes like this, April. She's like, do you love her? And he's like, yes. And then she asks a follow-up question. Well, do you know what true love is? She went in hard, y'all. She was like, listen, just like how Nicole and Mahmood throw the love word around, this friend was like, we're, that's not what we're doing here. Like, do you know what love is? Do you, and not only do you know what love is, do you know what true love is? Because true love is not what we see you doing. And no one is going to believe that you've been faithful to this foreigner that's been gone for two years. Literally says no one believes you. And then she directly asks him, did you ever cheat on her? And he says, no, she doesn't believe that either. Your own friend. Your own friend. Your own friend doesn't believe that you're not a cheater. He didn't really protest when she said, I don't believe you. Oh, he didn't. He didn't say a damn thing. Um, She goes on to say, yeah, you're always around girls. You're always partying. You're always drinking. I don't believe you haven't cheated. And in fact, not only do I not believe that you haven't cheated, I feel sympathy for Jen and says that Jen is in a situation she is not that is not good for her. And goes on to say that not only is the situation April not good for her, that it's a waste of her time. Yep, you're wasting her time. Her own friend. This is a friend that everybody needs. They all need this friend. Yep. Listen, and guys, you know it's bad. Like I said, you know it's bad when your friend is siding with the other person that she hasn't even met. Like, 
like I said, you ain't about shit. You haven't been about shit. I don't believe you. You haven't told your family. You haven't told your friends. You've never been faithful. You go out party and drinking and all the things all day, every day. You're sending uh, shirtless photos to random strangers on the internet. You ain't, but you're in love with this woman and you're going to marry her when she arrives. Yeah. I find it hard to believe. Yeah. That's it. That's our show. Any last parting words, April? Maybe we see the sunset one more time. Oh, please. You know, I'll walk down as far as I can. Okay. Next see. Oh, my God. That is so gorgeous. So gorgeous. You guys, this is where I'm going to be for the next probably two hours. I'm just going to sit out here and reflect on life and myself. Oh my God. So gorgeous. Enjoy it, April. You deserve it. You guys, she will be posting her trip to Fiji uh, on her YouTube page, Holloway Legal. Go ahead and follow her there. She's giving great travel tips travel trips or travel tips? Travel either tips. Or. Either yes, or. If you want to know anything about um, Indonesia, Morocco, this trip to Fiji, um, anywhere that I've been over the past two years I, I, are, is on that page. Beyond two years, it's all on my Instagram. But Turkey, Indonesia, and Morocco and Fiji will be on my YouTube. So guys, we've been talking a lot about travel so definitely go check it out make sure you guys hit that like button uh down below and subscribe and, and then head on over to april's page and subscribe there and have your travel luxury go and see anyways bye for now guys thank you so much for being here i'll be back tomorrow with darcy and stacy don't forget you guys it was the two hour uh finale and i haven't watched it yet i'm about to watch it and we're going to talk about it tomorrow. Bye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs>